0: Did Jesus celebrate Hanukkah? What exactly is this Jewish festival that complements Christmas in the month of December? We're going to talk about this and a lot more on this final podcast of 2017 on this edition of the Bellator Christi Podcast.
1: Listening to the Bellator Christie podcast, brought to you by BellatorChristie.com. Now join your host Brian Chilton as we enter the arena of
0: ideas. And we do welcome you on this special uh, podcast on this edition of the Bellator Christie podcast. Hope you're doing well wherever you may be. Uh, this is your host Brian Chilton. Uh, this is, uh, as we mentioned, the Bellator Christie podcast. Take up the sword of Christian theology and the shield of classic apologetics while taking Christian truth into the arena of ideas. We thank you for joining us on this final edition of the Bellator Christian podcast for 2017. And the reason I say that it's the uh, final edition is because, quite frankly, next week, um, as we started, as I started recording these podcasts on Friday, it it's just seems like the best time to record them, to publish them, and so uh, we, I just, it just do it, I just do it all in one day, and it's a whole lot easier that way. That way, you have it for the weekend. If you can't listen to it on the weekend, and you can listen to it the next week. Uh, but we do appreciate your support. And uh, so anyhow, next week coming up, uh, we will be engaged in, uh, I and my family will be engaged in Christmas uh, celebrations and festivities coming up next week. And then the week after that, uh, it looks like it's going to be pretty well packed as well. So uh, what I'm going hope to hope, hopefully do is... Uh, have the the uh, resumed the schedule the normal schedule in the first on the first Friday of January 2018, and uh, we'll we'll get right back into the midst of it as we again as we mentioned we t- try to take Christian truth into the arena of ideas. I just want to quickly say to you if you are um, if you go to the website bellatorchristy.com dot uh, com, which is the host for this uh, podcast. Uh, we do encourage you to go there, check out the website, and by doing so, we also ask, if you will, to uh, put your, put your uh, email address there in the subscribe button. And by doing so, you'll receive all the podcasts and uh, articles uh, that come across on com as they become available. And you'll get that in, insert, in the uh, inbox of your email. Also, you can take uh, Bellator Christie with you on the go, as you can subscribe to the podcast on several different apps. That's uh, TuneIn, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. So we have several different arenas where you can catch the podcast and take us with you on the go. We do have several individuals who've asked questions. I also want to let you know about that, uh, that you can go to the website on the upper right-hand side, and you can submit your question to the Bellator Christie uh, podcast uh, or Bellator Christie in general. And your question may be featured on a uh, future podcast or may actually be the uh, topic of an article. Uh, so uh, go there, submit your questions. And in fact, we're, we've got uh, we received some feedback this past week uh, from an individual named Curtis. I want to read his email uh, to you and um, kind of go over kind of go over uh, that and uh, he, uh, Uh, Brings up some interesting questions, and and, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that at the conclusion of the podcast. Also today, um, we want to also discuss, I want to give you some reflections that I've had on this past year. This year's been a really good year um, for me, but it's also had some downsides to it as well. So we're going to try to, I'm going to try to take a few moments to discuss those things. And... uh, so we have a power pack show. We've got a lot of stuff to discuss, a lot of stuff to talk about today on this final edition of the Bellator Christie Podcast for 2017. All right, before we get in the, the uh, midst of it all, we're going to start off talking about Hanukkah. What is Hanukkah? Did Jesus celebrate Hanukkah? And we'll do that right after this quick commercial break. I am Brian Chilton, and you're listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast. He is a and I'm Alex Hendrick. We want to talk to you about a new book that has just come out in bookstores by our pastor, Michael Cat. Michael's had a huge impact on our lives. He called us to Albany. He preaches powerful messages. He just finished a series on Philippians. I love the book of Philippians. It talks about the the
1: humbling of Christ, uh, this same mindset being uh, being in us, and then also the promises that we have in Philippians 4 that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, and He's going to supply all of our needs. So as we explored Philippians with our pastor and congregation. Our pastor put these principles and truths in this book, The Power of Purpose, by one of our favorite publishers ever, B&H Publishing. So you can get this book today. We encourage you to check it out. Thank you.
0: All right, we're back on the podcast. We thank you for being with us today, and thank you for supporting Bellator Christie. Uh, we're going to hopefully look at uh, some ways that you can contribute to the podcast here in the future uh, That to get with some folks to, to uh, figure out the ins and outs of all that Kind of new to this podcast, you know, I'm not new to talking <laughs> I am a preacher, by the way But uh, some of these things uh, as it relates to podcasting, as it relates to website and stuff like that I'm always looking to expand, looking to uh, take this uh, ministry, online ministry uh, to the next level So be much in prayer for us If you have any suggestions uh, On any ways we can uh, can um, Upgrade and uh, further This ministry in 2018 By all means get in contact with me You can email me At Brian Chilton uh, That's B-R-I-A-N C-H-I-L-T-O-N at bellatorchristi.com Email me there, I'll get uh, you know your email If you have any suggestions on ways we can uh, improve the podcast We'll certainly take that into consideration And um, just again, be much in prayer for this ministry Be much in prayer for what we're doing uh, As we're just simply um, Just trying to let people know About the truths of Christianity What Christianity, mere Christianity is all about I try not to go, get too deeply into Denominational differences. We're, we're, we're talking directly to the family of God in general, um, but uh, full discretion, full disclosure. You know, uh, I am Southern Baptist. You know, don't stone me for that. Some people would love that. Some people would hate that. But but um, but I, but this this show is focused, of course, to the body of Christ and and telling people what Christianity is about, and secondly, uh, giving a reason for giving a defense for the hope that we have in Christ Jesus so that's what this show is all about all right today we want to talk about Hanukkah a lot of times people uh, as we talk about uh, Christmas time they're generally uh, two holidays that are that are celebrated in in December now Kwanzaa came around and you know and and I don't really, Call that a holiday? I mean, I understand, you know, why why it's celebrated, and I'm not disrespecting anybody. But, but as far as the the, the true holidays that are that are celebrated in December, it comes down to really two, and that's Christmas, uh, Christ Mass, the Mass of Christ, worshiping of Christ, the celebration of Christ. Okay, so you have Christmas, and you also have, which celebrates the birth of Jesus, the incarnation of, of Jesus, be, being that God left the throne of heaven. We understand Jesus to be both God and man. So God left the portals of heaven. He took on humanity. became one of us. You probably recall that song back in the 90s, What If God Were One of Us? What if he was one of us? What if he were one of us? Well, well, the fact is is that Christmas celebrates the fact of that that God did become one of us. He became one of us so that we could quite honestly have eternal life in him. And so that's why he came. You know, realizing the fact that we could not save ourselves, he came to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. But there's another celebration in December and it's called Hanukkah. And I want to tell you, some, some people have approached Hanukkah as if it is the antithesis of Christmas, but it's really not. In fact, there are good reasons for believing that Jesus celebrated Hanukkah. Because we have to understand and we must remember that Jesus was thoroughly Jewish, he was thoroughly Jewish. In fact, I was listening to Michael Brown's radio show yesterday. I was uh, picking up my son, and uh, and we were listening to his his radio show. And he also has a podcast uh, called The Line of Fire. And he was talking about the distinction that we sometimes make that we it's like we almost separate Jesus from his Jewishness from his Jewish identity, and we can't do that. We can't do that. Jesus would have celebrated Hanukkah, so so. What is Hanukkah? We want to talk about Hanukkah. What is this festival, this festival of lights? What is this festival, and is there evidence that Jesus celebrated it? That's what we're going to talk about. Well, Hanukkah is known as the festival of lights, a a traditional Jewish menorah, which is a candlestick, which is is arced off into, into... and set into, into different branches The tr- traditional Jewish menorah will have seven candles Representing uh, seven, you know, seven, seven is the perfect number Seven is the, 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 there are a lot of things that can be said of seven Philo, if you read any of his material, um, early Jewish writer He talks about the number seven and, and the great detail that's found uh, in the meaning of seven and, and so there's set the seven creation days, um, and there's just a lot more. I I don't want to run a rabbit. Uh, I don't want to ramble. I'm going to try to keep this as brief as I can, but, but uh, just, just looking at seven is a very important number. So the traditional menorah has seven candlesticks. Many people have said, and I think it's right, that it, that it resembles the tree of life. That, you, know, you have this tree of life resembled in the menorah. Uh, but, but you also, but the, the Hanukkah menorah, has nine has nine candlesticks. The number eight is important because because of a, a certain thing that took place in the Hanukkah celebration, and the ninth um, the ninth candle uh, is lit as well. So so what is this? Well, this actually uh, this this celebrates an account that uh, took place. In the Apocrypha, this this uh, now if you're Catholic and listening to this, this is part of your Bible. But for Protestants, we don't have this part of our Bible. And in fact, the Hebrews don't have it as part of their Bible. Uh, but there there are uh, there are there is a book in, or there are actually four books, I believe, uh, first, second, and I think it's third and fourth. Well, first and second answers. Well, anyhow, you you definitely have first and second Maccabees. At least uh, I think uh, the third and fourth Maccabees. Maccabean books may be in the pseudopigrapha, But again, I don't want to get off on that Try not to run rabbits I've been guilty of that I'm trying to get better about that Alright, so getting back to the task at hand There was this evil ruler uh, By the name of Antiochus Epiphanes IV Okay, let's just, let's just put this in the backdrop Let's see what happened Antiochus Epiphanes is actually mentioned In a prophecy in Daniel chapter 8 And if you go to my Facebook page We've been uploading some uh, of our live stream videos from our Bible studies if you'd like to check it out we were doing it on YouTube but it was too much of a hassle so we're doing it on live stream now on, on Facebook live so if you'd like to go check it out uh, look me up on Facebook and then we'll, we'll try to put the the videos there but anyhow he talks about this this evil ruler and this this and Antiochus Epiphanes the fourth, was going to foreshadow a future Antichrist that would come. Okay, he was going to foreshadow this. And so this Antiochus Epiphany IV was a very evil man. He came in, he overtook Israel, he ransacked Israel, he went in the temple, he forced Jewish individuals to worship the Greek gods. They could not worship Yahweh, the true God. They could not worship God. They could not worship him at all. And if anyone did, he would kill them. In fact, the story goes that, uh, that Antiochus Epiphanes may have killed as many as 110,000 Jews. He was a very brutal ruler, very brutal. And in fact, it's even said that he went into the temple and he would not allow sacrifices to be made for God. He would not allow worship of God. And he went into the temple, he desecrated the temple, and he actually set up a statue of Zeus in the Holy of Holies. And it's even said that he took an unkosher meat, a pig, and sacrificed the pig on the sacrificial altar of the temple, and, and sacrificed the pig in honor of Zeus. I mean, you talk about desecration. This guy was, he desecrated everything he could. Okay, he had no respect for the Jews. He had no respect for the people of God. He had no respect for their traditions, no respect for for them whatsoever. And so later on, and this happened in 167 B.C. Well, later on, on, the, on in uh, 164, a guy by the name of Judas Maccabeus, I think Maccabeus means the hammer, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but anyhow, Judas Maccabeus and his brothers led a campaign to take back Israel from the clutches of this evil king, Antiochus Epiphanes the fourth, And they did so. And in 2 Maccabees 10, it says, that, and I'll read this, this is where Hanukkah... Is celebrated that they go and they defeat Antiochus Epiphanes fourth in a miraculous fashion, and they come in and they, and they take back the temple, and they light the temple and rededicate the temple for eight days. Now, let's, let's take a look at this. This is 2 Maccabees. This is in the Apocrypha, 2 Maccabees chapter 10, verses 1 through 9. Now, Maccabeus and his followers, uh, the Lord leading them on, recovered the temple and the city, They tore down the altars that had been built in the public square by the foreigners and also destroyed the sacred precincts. They purified the sanctuary and made another altar of sacrifice, then striking fire out of flint, They offered sacrifices after a lapse of two years. For two years, they weren't able to offer sacrifices to God. They weren't able to worship God for two years. After a lapse of two years, and they offered incense and lighted lamps and set out the bread of the presence. When they had done this, they fell prostrate and implored the Lord that they might never again fall into such misfortunes but that if they ever should sin, they might be disciplined by him with forbearance and not be handed over to blasphemous and uh, barbarous, barbarous nations. And it happened that on the same day on which the sanctuary had been profaned by the foreigners, the purification of the sanctuary took place. That is, on the 25th day of the same month, which was Chislev, they celebrated it for eight days with rejoicing, uh, eight days with rejoicing in the manner of the festival of booths, remembering how not long before, during the uh, festival of uh, during the festival of booths, had been wandering in the mountains and caves like wild animals. Therefore, carrying ivy wreathed wands and beautiful branches and also fronds of palm, they offered hymns of thanksgiving to him who had given success to the purification of his own place, of his own holy place. They decreed by public edict, uh, ratified by vote, that the whole nation of the Jews should observe these days every year, thus the implementation of this uh, festival of dedication or this, the festival of lights, and, uh, and uh, so that they should do so every year. Such then was the end of Antiochus, who was called Epiphanes. So this is the story of the very beginning of the Hanukkah celebration It was a celebration of uh, Judas Maccabeus And the Maccabean brothers they're, 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 uh, they're, they're Being granted the ability God granting them the ability to take back Israel To take back the temple To repurify it And to celebrate these eight days Of, uh, of worship Okay, These eight days of worship As they lit the, the candles in the temple And they rededicated the temple back to God Now there's also a legend that says that uh, as they went to light the camps, they didn't have a lot of oil, uh, oil to light the lamps, and so that uh, they had a little bit of oil, but um, miraculously, this oil. Uh, lasted them for the entire eight days of, of consecration as they consecrated the, the temple back to God. And so uh, while we don't see this in the Maccabean text, there, this is a tradition that's been handed down and could very well be true. We know God to have done some amazing things in the past, and it's, you know, it uh, wouldn't be any surprise if that took place as well. But now this brings us to another question. Uh, did, uh, did Jesus celebrate... Hanukkah. Now, before I do this, let me just say that this, this this text finds some connections with some other texts. For instance, in Solomon's rededication of the temple, we see back in uh, First uh, Kings chapter eight, verses sixty-five and sixty-six. First Kings chapter eight, verses sixty-five and sixty-six. Give me just a minute. Sixty-five and sixty-six. So we see here that Solomon and all of Israel with him, a great assembly from the entrance of Hamath to the brook of Egypt, observed the festival at that time in the presence of the Lord our God. Seven days and seven more days 14 days and on the 15th day he went in, he and the people went in so they blessed the king and went to their homes rejoicing with happy hearts for all the goodness that the Lord had done for his servant David and for his people Israel there's a similar type of consecration that takes place in second chronicles as Hezekiah dedicates the temple second chronicles 29 uh, verse 17 uh, where it says that they began the consecration on the first day of the first month, and on the eighth day of the month they came to the portico of the Lord's temple. They consecrated the Lord's temple for eight days, and on the sixteenth day of the first month they finished. So there is there is certainly biblical precedent uh, for the Maccabean brothers to have celebrated, they and the people of Israel, to, to consecrate the temple, Uh, To Back to God for eight days And so that's what this festival of lights does It celebrates the the consecration of the temple back to God Now, in this day and time, the Jews don't have a temple uh, At least in Israel Now, uh, I I believe in the, um, you know, being a... dispensationalist in the fact that I think that God is going to do things through the nation of Israel as Christ returns and things of this nature, I believe that a temple will be rebuilt one of these days. Uh, where and how, I don't know, but I think it will come. So, But for right now, this celebration, this eight-day celebration, as it was voted upon the Maccabean brothers and the people of Israel, this recounts this, uh, this the, the, the consecration of the temple back to God where it had been uh, where it had been desecrated by Antiochus Epiphanes IV. Now, did Jesus celebrate this? Now, well, we see that he most certainly did. Remember, Jesus was thoroughly Jewish. In John chapter 10, verse 22, Now, remember, Hanukkah is called the Festival of Lights, but it's also known as the Festival of Dedication. Okay, so we see that in John chapter 10, verse uh, 22, it says, Then the festival of dedication took place in Jerusalem, and it was winter. Okay, so Kislev is in December, or, you know, is in December, and so um, this would be winter time. Okay, so the festival of dedication took place in Jerusalem, it was winter, Jesus was walking in the temple in Solomon's colonnade celebrating Hanukkah, okay? The Jews surrounded him and asked, how long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus says, I did tell you, and you don't believe. Jesus answered them, the works that I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you don't believe because you're not my sheep, that my sheep hear my voice, and I know them. They follow me, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand, and my Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one is able to... To snatch them out of my father's hand, I and my father are one. Okay, so anyhow, we see we can get into the text. We could talk about the, um, you know, uh, the correlations here. I do think you know I think it's interesting that in Daniel's prophecy, uh, Antiochus Epiphanes the fourth is a reference to the Antichrist, and I think in some way, some manner of speaking, Judas Maccabeus may be a typology. Of Christ when he you know reclaims uh, the earth from the clutches of Satan you know so I think it's possible that you could say that there's the somewhat of this typology that we see when Christ returns he won't come into Jerusalem riding a donkey he'll be riding in on a white horse signifying his victory uh, he's already defeated death hell and the grave and when he returns of course he is going to um, He's going to to win back the earth, and, you know. And I think we see the general theme of of what God is doing is that uh, you know obviously He saves individuals, um, He saves individuals, and then He He He, he purifies a person's uh, soul, and then eventually He's going to come and He's going to resurrect the church, and then eventually He's going to resurrect creation, as there will be a a new heaven and a new earth as well. So anyhow. Um, there a lot more could be said. We could talk a lot more about this, but we'll just leave it there. Uh, did Jesus celebrate Hanukkah? Most certainly he did. And I think that uh, that this is, in many ways, uh, should be a reminder to us of um, of of two things. One, that Jesus was thoroughly Jewish. And two, I think Hanukkah in in Canada means a matter of speaking, Remind us of the the time as Jesus has come. He he came on the first coming of Christ. He's going to return again, and I think that when he returns again, uh, we're we're going to be celebrating our own kind of Hanukkah. I guess you would say as he rededicates the earth, as he as he um, assumes his role as as uh, as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So. We could talk a lot more about this But we're going to uh, go ahead and take a quick break And when we return here on the podcast We're going to talk uh, Just reflect a little bit on 2017 And then we're going to talk about uh, We're going to talk about an email we received And uh, we'll close out This podcast after that You're listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast See you back in just a few moments
1: Life Liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Our great nation was built on these simple principles. So was our university. Find your greatness at Liberty. Online or on campus, discover more at liberty.edu. It's the difference between a job and a career.
0: All right, we're back here on the podcast. We thank you for being with us today. A little Trans-Siberian Orchestra for you, Carol of the Bells. And so, uh, anyhow, we, uh, <laughs> great song there. It's become a Christmas classic, most certainly. Uh, 2017 has been a um, interesting an interesting year. You know, and and as I'm sure most people could say, that it has been for them. Um, As with every year, there are good things and there are bad things that have taken place, and um, you know, and and one thing, you know, in in one sense, 2017 has had its downsides. Obviously, this uh, earlier uh, in the year, uh, I lost my grandmother, who was in fact uh, the last grandparent. That I had this was my grandmother on my mom's side and uh, like I said she, she was the last grandparent that uh, that I had and it's it's definitely strange you know coming across you know in the holidays you know there are many people who've lost loved ones and and it's it's many times the holidays are difficult because we are then reminded of the fact that uh, you know we don't have them with us any longer you know and and it um, and it and it troubles us we, it's, it's during these times that we're reminded of this and uh, so obviously you know we we certainly miss them and you know and it in fact I was was talking to someone just the other day that um, you know it seems like over time that uh, th- that the holidays just aren't the same as they used to be. You know and in and, and, you know in one sense they're 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 still wonderful because you know we we have a, a new generation coming up but they they just don't seem like they have um, I don't know in, in some ways it seems like it's lost this lost something but you know because of the fact we've lost individuals and some of the traditions we used to have have kind of fallen by the wayside and so I think sometimes we you know you I ask myself a question on how can we regain that flame? How can we regain that that um, that fire that we once had? now and, and unfortunately, you know we used to celebrate with a lot more people than we than we than we do now. You know, families get bigger, you know and and um, you know people are pulled in different directions and and a lot of times you just you, you just you lose connections with people that you cherish and people that you love and so one of the things i think that's important during this time and this isn't necessarily a theological apologetic type of thing it's coming more as more more from a pastoral perspective is that i think that we need to um build you know you you may christmas may not have been it may not be the way it used to be because you may have lost some family members, you may have lost some connections with individuals with whom you used to celebrate. But I think it's important that we that we try our best to find traditions, maybe even make new traditions and and stick with those traditions. The, because we live in a very topsy-turvy world and and sometimes i know we can make we can make these traditions sometimes become like a golden calf and we certainly don't want to do that but I think it's important to have some family traditions because it connects us with from the generations of the past to the, to the present generations and to the generations of the future. I think I think a lot of times we try to dismiss Christmas and we try to we get so we get so called up and and we, and we, we just a lot of times it, it seems like people don't want to decorate the way they used to. I mean, I remember the time where it seemed like almost every house had lights and stuff and, and people just don't want to take the time to do it anymore. Because we've gotten too busy, you know. I I think it's important for us. I think it's important for us to hang on to certain traditions, and maybe some traditions have been lost. Maybe it's time to implement some new traditions. And you know, in fact, that's one thing I was talking with um, some of my family this this past um, well this year, and one thing we're gonna we're gonna strive to do. We used to have a family tradition where we would play board games and card games and things of that nature and, and, you know, just have fun, enjoy each other's company. And it seems like a lot of times in the busyness of the season, we, we've we lost that. And I think it's important that we reclaim that, that we make time for a family. sometimes. It's during this time of the year, during the seasons that during the Christmas season, that this may be the only time you see certain individuals of your family. Enjoy them. Don't get so caught up in the busyness and in the pressure of it all that you don't take time to enjoy your family, that you don't take time to enjoy really what Christmas means. The only thing I've never liked about Christmas, to be honest with you, even as a little boy, the only thing I've never liked about Christmas is that it seems like it goes by too quickly. <laughs> and it does. It goes by in a hurry. Unfortunately, I think, you know, I think many people have this Ebenezer Scrooge type of mentality when it comes to Christmas anymore. They, you know, And, and I, I think that is very disheartening. And the reason it's disheartening is because it's not fair to the future generations. And you take a look. One of the things I think that's made the Jewish people so strong is the fact that they've held on to these traditions for two millennia or more. For over two millennia. Passover dates back to the time of, back to the time of Moses. It's important for us as Christians that we establish these traditions. And, and like I said, I'm not t- talking about making them into a golden calf, but I'm talking about th- that we make certain things important to us and that we carry them along for the next generation so that they learn more about our faith and, 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 and have something that they can share with their children and their children's children. Anyhow, I didn't mean to get off on that topic, but uh, it's something on my heart, but you know, I, I lost my grandmother, I lost my gra- last grandparent, the other downside has been that I've, I've seen many people who've been sick, many people who've lost their, lost their lives this past year, there have been a, numerous cases of cancer, and that's very troubling, you know, I had a uh, procedure done, and by the grace of God, I, it was discovered that I had a few polyps that were taken, you know, off of me and from me. And thank goodness they were, because if they had grown and developed, they they may have very well turned into cancer themselves. You know, we don't know what we have inside of us. You know, so enjoy the time we have together. You know, we just don't know. We don't know how long we have on this earth. So there have been some downsides to 2017, but there have been some tremendous upsides. To twenty seventeen, you know, uh, we as far as this podcast, it started on a new format. Started uh, the latter part of last year. I remember having a podcast, uh, not knowing exactly how this thing was going to go. As we left Blog Talk Radio and and uh, it come come on into this new f- uh, format uh, again, just not knowing what to expect, not knowing what was going to take place. And by the grace of God, we have we have. I think. Um, you know the statistics aren't like what I would like for them to, to, to see them be, but' they're, we're doing quite well on the podcast. and and, uh, and it's always good to hear from you. when you respond back to us, you contact us and you tell us about something that you've heard. You know you have questions, you share questions and you and you communicate with us and, and we appreciate that. We certainly do. Website doing quite well, you know. Everything's going well with the website, and so uh, another big thing that I have going on in my life this past year has been, you know, uh, was accepted into the PhD program at Liberty University. Started my first class, finished my first class, uh, just half finished up, and uh, glad to say that uh, I made a good grade in that by the grace of God. so you know, th- th- this year has been good. Um, you know, my son has found a new passion. He loves the theater, and and so uh, he's found a new passion there as well. So, you know, as we recount, we look back upon the year. You know, we can always see a lot of downsides. But I think, uh, as I was making this list, I, I you know, I found another important truth. I think as well that that you know I was thinking about the passing of my grandmother and I was thinking about some of the sicknesses that I've seen but then I started I started listing out some of the blessings that I've had this year and the and as I'm looking at this list I, I the, the upsides actually doubled the downsides downsides and so um I think it's important that we always give God praise. We always give Him glory. We thank Him for the things that He's done for us. And I think once we start focusing on those things, then, then God will show us more of the blessings, more of the things that we can be grateful for in this life. And so, um, you know, that's just my two cents, you know, for whatever they're worth. You know, I think it's important to, um, you know, some of you may be listening to the podcast, maybe you don't have many friends or family left you know i would say to you go out and find yourself a tradition find something you know for for you and some friends and some loved ones that you have and and, and go go make a tradition you know and if you're a christian hopefully you are you'll make it you based upon something that you find in in scripture you know, maybe it's going and helping at a shelter maybe it's uh, singing christmas with some christmas carolers or 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 helping out someone in need or something of that nature uh Find a tradition and 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 make it part of your life and and help it to be something that f- helps you focus upon God and focus upon the great things that He has done for you in life. I want to read to you an uh, a, uh, a um, an email that we received here at the Bellator at dot com and um it. Um, It's from an individual named Curtis. We won't mention the last name. (coughs) Excuse me. But he says, talks about the uh, podcast about the fireside chat we had a few weeks ago. And we're talking about covenant and dispensation theologies. And and he got him thinking about the Calvinist-Arminian debate, and particularly dealing with salvation. And he talks about his situation as he grew up a Catholic family, went to a Catholic school, And says in uh, in the middle years, seventh grade period, he he witnessed a bad corruption, wound up leaving schools and the the faith, and went to an AG church, Assemblies of God Church Youth Group. Eventually, through the youth pastor, he gave his life to Christ. So with his upbringing in church schooling, uh, my knowledge of the Bible was the fuel that furthered my relationship with Christ, he says. So he walked with Christ for a long time until 2021 when he started drifting away. But uh never going too far and never did deny God. You know, and and I would say to you, Curtis, if you're listening to the podcast, I had a very similar situation happen in my life. Now I didn't grow up Catholic. I grew up in a very uh traditional Baptist church. Um and and some some, you know, I'm I'm not gonna say this particular the church where I grew up, but I I know some in the community were King James only it had to be King James, you know, nothing else. And, um, you know, and so I had the similar experience. I was even called to the ministry in, in, in my teens, and then I left, I, I let, you know, I, I drifted to doubt and, and became um, somewhat, I never really did, did deny God or deny Christ, but I came in, to a point of being kind of what you'd call a theistic-leaning agnostic. So I understand what you're talking about there. And so he said, but never going too far, never did deny God. Then at the age of 39, he ended up having a traumatic event uh, and realized uh, how far he had drifted from the faith. He says he returned to his walk, showing the Lord's love and speaking of grace. Uh, and, then, and then during the backsliding process, the Lord kept people in his life to not let him go too far. The question ends up being, during the backslidden condition, was he still saved? Or was I never saved to begin with? The two theories that I stated earlier don't really fit my experience. I really felt in the spirit that the Lord had his hand on me or around me but I still had struggled with the idea that it wasn't this information would help me understand the state of my net state of a family member uh, that he has that has drifted away any information would be great thanks for what you're doing uh, and keep doing what you're doing and uh, thanks Curtis thank you Curtis for your email and thank you for your response there and we will certainly be praying for your for your nephew, your family member who has uh, drifted away from the faith. And I would encourage you, first and foremost, to, to have an open door of communication with him. And to, um, and this is why apologetics is, is so important, quite honestly. Um, to, to be able to listen to his concerns, to be able to listen to his, hear his side. You know, Hear what it is that's causing his doubts. And, and prayerfully research those issues, and, and of course, if we can be any service here at Bellatora Christi, certainly let us know, and we'll give you any type of help that we can. And, uh, and feel free to share any the information you, you see on the, on the website or here on the podcast with him, and hopefully that can be a, a help. But I've been there. I've been there, and so the question is: uh, Is a person still saved? You know, it, it, did, did, does a person lose a salvation, or was he still saved in the process of salvation, uh, or, or what happens? Well, you know, I was thinking about how to answer this, and I and I think it honestly it <laughs> it just depends and i hate I hate to give that type of an answer, but I think it really just depends. I think if a person truly gives their heart and life to Christ that that they're saved and, and I look back upon my life and 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 i was i was i came to the Lord at a very early age. I was right around the age of seven, and I know some people are critical of that, but you know in my experience i, I knew I can't say that I was deep in theology at the age of seven years old. seven years. Being seven years old, I can't say that I was deep in theology, but I knew the core fundamentals enough to, enough to be able to make it make a response to the Holy Spirit of God as He was calling me into salvation. And so, you know, I you know I left the faith, I left the ministry, but I'm with you. God never forsake, for, forsook me, or he, he He never for forsook me, or I guess that's how you would say that He. He never for he had never forsaken me, I guess you'd say. <laughs> he never left me. I'll say it that way. <laughs> Forsook, I guess that's the word. But anyhow, he always kept people there who who kept me interested in faith. And I and I think my wife was one of those. You know, we started dating and everything and and um, you know, I, I had gone out with some folks that weren't very interested in church and you know, and, and church wasn't my thing then you know i i had you know it was in a state of doubt but it's it's interesting that god placed my wife in my path at the time he did and and one thing she you know she told me is that you know that that she went to church you know and she wanted you know her her um, her boyfriend to go to church you know um and so she kept me in church and it was there through her I met some people and they influenced my life and I saw the love and compassion that they had and you know I had seen you know I had seen some corruption that had happened I I'd seen some disingenuous individuals in the faith but uh, you know um, I saw some genuine believers and then in 2005, you know the, I know it was the Holy Spirit that compelled me to go in that lifeway Christian bookstore in Winston Salem, North Carolina. And 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 I've probably spent. (laughs) I don't want to tell you how much money I've probably spent there because it'd be embarrassing. Now, now to to state how much money I've spent at Lifeway Christian Bookstores, but but I've definitely spent a lot of money, more money than I ever thought that I would. But but going back to going back to your point, I think that God was always there with me, and so I don't think that I was unsaved, even though that I had these doubts, I think that I was going through a process by which God was strengthening me. So, so to answer your question, I think if there's a legitimate, if, if a person legitimately gives their heart and life to Christ, I think God is going to keep them. I mean, it goes back to the text we read in John chapter 10 that, that, uh, that Satan would not be able to take away a person from the Father's hands if that person's legitimately saved. Now, having said that, I do think there are cases where someone, they, they make a, a profession of faith, but they, they just their heart's not really in it. They do it just so they can be part of a group. They do it just to please their mama or their dad or their grandma or grandpa. and But they really haven't given their heart and life over to Christ. Now, I think in the same sense, you, you take a look at, at uh, Jesus' parable, of of the sower. and he talks, remember the parable where he talks about the four types of seeds. and one seed, you know it was uh, it one seed was thrown on on the. Uh, very shallow soil, and the birds came and stole away, representing the fact that the gospel was heard, but it really wasn't received. Uh, there was one that fell upon um, branches, and it was choked out by the cares of the world on rocky soil, and it was it was burned up before it could establish a root. But that was that which was sown on good ground, developed a root system, and and became um, really deep. I think. Um, I think there are individuals who make a cultural profession of faith but they really haven't made that commitment to Christ and I think that's what we're seeing in our nation I think cultural Christianity is dying but I don't think genuine Christianity is genuine Christianity will always be around but that doesn't mean that we're going to be in the majority so going back to going back to the point I think that The Scripture teaches us that there are three segments, three means, uh, three processes, if you will, of salvation. There's that point where we are justified. When we truly give our heart and our lives to Christ, we're justified. We're made right in the eyes of God, okay? And, and, And so we're made righteous before His eyes. But then there is this process, I believe, called sanctification, whereby God transforms us by the renewing of our mind into Christ Jesus I think in your process in your in your process in my process that God allowed us to, to uh, go down that pathway of doubt so that he could in fact strengthen our faith stronger than what they would have been if we had not gone through those times of doubt. And then which ultimately leads to to glorification, that time when we enter into our promised heavenly home and eventually receive our resurrected body when Christ returns. So, to answer your question, I think it just really depends. You know, I think it really depends on whether a person truly professes Christ. I think sometimes a person, I've seen cases where a person claims to have professed Christ but really doesn't make that commitment until later on in life. They thought they had, but they really don't make it later on in life. But there are other individuals who truly made a profession of faith, and they wavered in their faith, they wandered a bit, but God was always near them and brought them back. And I think that's one of the critical aspects, you see, that that God never really leaves the person, That, that he's always bringing people in their midst, he's always reaching out to them to bring them back in. And I don't think that a person, even though they may wander, they may not wander far, but in the case of your loved one, I would just say keep praying for that loved one. Keep an open line of communication. I know it's hard, but if if this person starts really struggling and has some some major questions, the worst thing we can do is to get angry about it and, and storm off, but we want to have an open, which I don't think you would, you know, just hearing hearing the comments that you made, I don't think you would. I don't think you're that type of person. But, but I, I would just keep an open line of communication. Hear out any of the questions the person has, and 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 you know, certainly be there for the person. Pray pray for the person. Pray for your loved one. Pray for your family member, and be there for them. And again, as I mentioned earlier, if we can be any help, uh, obviously get in contact with us. And if there's a topic. Maybe the person has a question about a particular topic. Uh, maybe we could research that topic and, and try to find an answer for you. But we'll certainly be praying for your loved one. Curtis, we thank you for your support of the podcast and of this ministry. And we, we'll, we'll be praying for your brother. We love you. We love your family member. We pray for him as well. And uh, ask God's blessings to be upon you both. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the last podcast for 2017. Thank you for bearing with me. I've been struggling with a cold. Uh, so I'll probably sound uh, like I have a frog in my throat today, but we thank you for listening today. We hope you have a wondrous and, and fantastic Christmas, and may God grant you a wonderful, rich, blessed 2018. We thank you so much for listening to the Virtual Christian Podcast. God bless you, and we'll see you back in 2018. This is Brian Chilton. and you've been listening to the Velcro
1: Christian Podcast, brought to you by. The views expressed on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of BellatorChristy.com or its affiliates. The Bellator Christy Podcast is a production of BellatorChristy.com and is protected under Creative Commons Copyright All rights reserved. The theme song is Crucified, written by John and Kayla Lemonese, performed by Crosby Lane, and produced by Mansion Entertainment.